Yo fam, Coach Sam, Strong Gents Coaching, back with another episode for you guys. And on today's episode, I got Coach Tom back in the building. We're going to be talking about overcoming some obstacles, uh, setting yourself up for success, and also fighting against the uh, crazy world of social media that can be holding some kids and some adults back in their life. Um, but before we begin, gentlemen, if you could please subscribe and leave a positive review for this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. We are trying to grow this podcast to reach as many men as possible, and we need your help. It takes a tribe, gentlemen. The world needs stronger men, and we need you to be one of them. At the end of this episode, please share it with two friends. All right, let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. Coach Tom, what's up? Okay, Sam, what's up? Listen, uh, anyone listening, you know, um, there's a lot of podcasts now that Sam has done in the Strong Gents podcast, and there's a lot of good topics and, <coughs> excuse me, there's a lot of good lessons in there. So, um, you know, go through, you know, go through the inventory, you know, and pick one out and listen to one for a few minutes and you'll be sold and then share it with a friend, you know, um, because this is really good stuff and it's really needed. Um, and, um, you know, your feedback is, is greatly appreciated. And, um, you know, you know, growing this podcast is going to going to help people. It's going to it's going to it's going to help guys. Um, and uh, that's what we're all about. Yeah, I actually, um, I had Greg Lacava on the podcast last and, uh, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, how most people are getting their advice and information from these select few big name people out there, you know, big name podcasts or whatever. And most of these people, you know, they're trying to do good, but they're charlatans. A lot of them, you know, they're charlatans that they don't really, they don't bring on the everyday guy, you know, which I'm trying to do is bring on that guy who's been in his career for 30 years, you know, he's put in the work. Um, and, and these are badass people who have real life advice. So those are the people I'm going to be bringing on. There will be some, some top tier people as well, quote unquote, top tier, just people who made it to the top. I'm excited to have those people on as well. But, uh, in general, we're giving you the realest information possible for men who have succeeded in life and success is relative to the person. But to me, that means they have gotten through life and put themselves in a better position than where they started. And I think that is, uh, that is what the world needs today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and there's so many, you know, there's so many influences today. And, uh, you know, um, and all you have to do is, uh, you know, um, get your cell phone and, and and open your social media app, you know, be that Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, um, Snapchat, what have you, you know, and there's influences all around, you know, and, and, um, you know, you could be tricked. And, and you know, and people kind of forget that, um, you know, that, that, that influencers okay um are trying to gain followers and may not be very truthful with you okay once they see that some shtick that they're doing is working i'm gonna give you an example now i'm not bad mouthing this guy because he killed kicked the crap out of me if i ever met him i got a lot of respect for this guy uh, for what he's done but it's david goggins you know and david goggins is a badass a admitted badass you know navy seal army ranger or, or he did a couple of special forces in there um tough upbringing um you know ultra marathoner um but uh you know he's got a shtick and he sells it and guys like follow him like the pied piper you know i don't agree with david goggins you know and someone can say well you you know 
David Goggins a superstar you're nothing I mean you can say that if you want you know but I don't I don't agree with the screaming tactic and some guys think that's intense you know and this is how this is how influencers mislead you you know um you know David Goggins may be an intense individual in regards to you know how he approaches his life and how he does his workouts and things like that but there is not one thing that's intense about screaming okay screaming at someone to try to motivate them it's a shtick okay I always say this and i've always said it to my football players and i believe it okay the most intense individual in the room is usually not uttering a sound okay uh so if you are screaming and yelling okay that's just saying something about you and your personality like you are you are just you know it's kind of phony in a way you know but you know hats off to him he's selling books and he's got these pipe pipers got these dudes full you know fooled you know yeah. so um but um, um but I just use that as an example where someone like feels like, wow, you know, like like this is the way to go. And I want to be like this guy. And don't get me wrong. If someone changes their life because they they want to emulate his style or, or they affect he has a positive effect on him. I think that's really good. But, you know, it's not lost on me that he has a shtick. OK, he has a shtick and I don't think that's the genuine him. I'm, I'm not saying it's far from him. You know, uh, he does some crazy stuff and uh, obviously got to be an intense individual to do it. But he found a way, OK, to sell his stuff. And, um, you know, it's, he's not the only one, of course. But um, but you just have to be careful. And that's what I want to talk about today is in regards to social media. And, and um, there's just a, a new study out. Okay, that uh, the 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 centers for disease control have been doing for a long time. Okay, that uh, uh, that what we all known that that this unfettered access, this this unrestricted, unmonitored access to social media, you know, by young kids. Okay, throughout their develop developmental years. Okay, is causing a major problem in our society. Okay, their emotions are brittle. It's causing mental health issues, uh, so, uh, depression, anxiety, severe self-esteem issues, um, confusion uh, on on what direction to go, um, fearing, taking risks. Okay, um, you know, and and looking at at, at social media um, and taking every comment to heart and and using it as a setback or feeling overwhelmed and like, I can never achieve what these people can achieve, you know? Um, but um, there's so much involved. And I think that you're going to see a revolution at some point where, you know, parents, especially in schools in unison with parents, are going to have to take measures to kind of restrict social media access to kids at younger ages. You know, just I, I was telling you before we got on here, you know, and I'm going to use this analogy. I've used it for a long time and, I, and, and I'll continue to use it. OK, having let's just we'll just use a 12 year old. OK, having your 12 year old have unmonitored access to social media. Think about a 12 year old, you know, a sixth grader. OK, a seventh grader, sixth grader. That's like putting your 12 year old on a bus with no adults to New York City. OK, and saying, have fun in the city today, you know, um, and it's the same thing. They are up against the same dangers. Now, Sam, do you think that a 12 year old is equipped with the knowledge, the self-awareness? OK, um, the coping skills to make it in New York City. OK, for a full day. 
you know, um, without, you know, putting themselves into some type of, of, of danger or becoming, you know, so confused and emotional that they don't know what to do, you know, so um, they could be taken advantage of, they could get lost, they could be gone for days, okay, so, you know, this same thing happens, okay, under everybody's roof every night, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and sadly, you know, uh, the suicide rates are skyrocketing and, um, you know, and the, the mental health issue rates are skyrocketing and, um, you know, this is our life. So social media is not going away, nor should it. It's, it's one of these things that I like, to, listen, I like social media, you know, I, I like following guys like, like I follow David Goggins because I, I like to see what he's doing out there, you know, and I'm not a Pied Piper. You know, I try to influence people and learn from people. You know, I'm not a follower. I, I don't I'm not a disciple. You know what I mean? Like I was a disciple. I did my time like that. But now my I'm my own influencer in my own way. And, and I think that's what th that everyone should should strive to be, in my opinion, you know, um, because when you when when you become a disciple and a follower, OK, you, you have taken, you know, um, a, a little bit of yourself away. OK. Um, and uh, you're not you're not you know, you're not being yourself a hundred percent, um, and trusting in yourself and being confident in yourself. All right. So you said, said a lot of good things there. You said a few things. I do want to touch upon a couple of them. Um, the one you just said, you know, I do agree with, you know, you should never, you should never be a sheep. I don't believe you should be a sheep. Um, but you should be, uh, you know, just to make it in terms that all people understand you should be a lion in a tribe of lion. Okay. I don't think you should be a lone wolf. I think that's bad. I did that myself. Um, and I could have got a lot further in life by accepting the help of other people. That doesn't mean that you set people on a pedestal. You know, I think you look at people as evens and you look at them, you know, face to face and they are your equal, but they might have information that could be useful to you. So I do think social media in that aspect can be powerful. Like, for example, what I'm doing with the strong gent stuff, I'm not trying to be somebody's God. I'm not trying to be somebody's savior. I'm just trying to give information and enlighten people so they can use those tools and then bounce ideas off of me and build a tribe. I do think that's powerful. I do think social media has the ability to, to create a community. Uh, but you're right. I don't think we should be looking at these these people as you know, influencers. I'm not trying to be some type of influencer, right? I'm just a, I'm a bad mother effort man, and I want to inspire more people to be like me. For example... You have someone like Goggins who, again, you know, he's got a story that is not that impressive, but people have fallen to him because he shouts at the rooftop like crazy. I respect everything that he's done, but it's not that impressive. Um, for example, he was in a race, um, you know, a, a very long ultra marathon, 240 mile, I believe it was, and a middle school teacher, woman, uh, beat everybody in the race by five hours. So she's more badass than he will ever be, right? There's other people out there, right? Um, his story of, you know, being fat and overweight and a drunk. Well, congratulations. Welcome to a hundred other million people in America. And those people have kids and four jobs and family, you know, disturbances and all stuff. So uh, he's not super impressive to me, um, although his physical feats are great. Right. But some people latch on to these people uh, and believe that they will never attain what they have. And they try and get motivation from them when it's it, it's inside you. It's just a mindset thing. But that that's one well, thing is, is the decision. Yeah, I think I think it's different. OK, when you are a helper or you're an influencer, if you have this image, are you walking behind someone or are you walking with alongside someone? OK, so, you know, if you're walking behind someone, then you're just going where they're leading you. OK, if you're walking beside someone, then you're you're you are 
getting help from them. You're getting guidance, wisdom from them, and you're going to break off at some point on your own. Right. And so that's what helping is in the best sense of it with me. Like I'm a therapist and I see myself next, you know, now clients, when I see clients, a lot of times they put me on a pedestal. Okay. Um, you know, which is, it happens. And I try my best to help them see that we're in this together and I am walking side by side with you. Like we're having a conversation. I'm not dictating. Okay. The conversation We're we're having one together. It's mutual and we're going to figure things out together. You know, so that's, that's, that's the difference I think between some, some influencers that, you know, they're trying to build an empire and, and they want to have people file in behind them and they want to lead the, you know, lead them to where they think, you know, uh, the best places to be, whether that be self-improvement or making money or, you know, or, or what, or life satisfaction, whatever that may be. Um, but I think that the more genuine, sincere um, individuals are the ones that, you know, walk beside you and you're not just a number OK, you're not just a number who buys a book or signs up for, you know, uh, a talk, you know, um, you're at you're a person, you're a human, you know, and you both can gain from each other. So you also mentioned, yes, I agree. You also mentioned, um, you know, we we're talking about the social media with the kids and stuff. And, uh, you know, you said it is like information overload, which I, I do think it is. <clears throat> but at the same same time, um, it, it is on the responsibility of the parents, but it's I don't. I don't think you can control and um, you know, every, everything that a kid sees on social media, like you just can't do it. So no, what I you think do is you have to reduce the amount of time that they're on it. Exactly. And so, so parents give up, they don't even attempt to redo that, you well, know? So how, here's the thing. How do you, how do you go about doing that? Um, you know, in today's world when kids can act, they have access to it at school, you know, like, so what are you going to, you know, and, and again, you know, the whole uh, suicide rate being higher and mental disturbances being higher. Like, I understand that. I'm well aware of that. Uh, that's been a trend for a long time. And there's also a correlation with physical inactivity at the same time. So you're having kids who are increased in mental disturbances and mental disorders, um, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, so on and so forth, uh, with the same rise as social media and um, um technology usage at the same time and a decrease in activity while you have an increase in physical, right. you know, uh, physical problems too, being overweight and obese. Um, so I think another, not another, I think one way where parents can, you know, help their kids get back on track and limit the amount of time you spend on social media is by encouraging them to engage in more physical activity. That's going to take them away from these social media and it will help them with uh with mental health and physical at the same time so getting kids back into sports you know getting kids to go outside and ride a bike playing this is on the parents actually you used to play ball with me all the time you used to play wiffle ball with me all the time you'd be riding a bike with us when we were younger like parents don't do that anymore i know that for a fact because i train these parents parents are lazy man they are lazy so what's some pieces of advice you can Give some parents out there. What's um? What do you think is also a modality that we can help kids um, gain a little bit of control over this whole pandemic that's really happening? With well, I mean, you know, parents just they have to start at younger ages with their kids. And again, this is about reduction, reduce the amount of time, and there has to be some type of rules and some type of control. Okay, because the longer you let kids go, the harder it is to regain some of that control. Right. So I do think that schools 
Okay, I do think that soon there will be state policy in regards to schools, that there has to be a cell phone policy. I think that's, that states are going to have laws that schools, because it's that dangerous, have to have cell phone policies. And that's a lot of, so that's for, that doesn't mean a cell phone ban, like a ban will never work, right? Because then your whole day is like, you know, you know, recovering phones, kids sneaking in phones. So, you know, most kids follow the rules. So most kids follow the rules. So it's a common sense cell phone policy. So it's not, Sam, it's not just kids being on social media. You know, we have kids now, uh, you know, in my school and many schools, okay, we are a notification, we react to notifications in our life. That's all we do is react to cell phone notifications. So if you're a kid in a class trying to concentrate, do you know, so we have in our school, I have block scheduling. So that's a hundred, that's an hour and 20 minute class. Do you know an hour and 20 minute class, a kid probably gets, I don't know, 12, 15 notifications from Snapchat. So their attention is disrupted by that notification. And and, and the reason that they know they got the notifications because that cell phone's in their pocket. Okay. Now, so what's a common sense rule? Common sense rule is that all those cell phones are hung in a cell phone holder upon entering the classroom. And that's where it remains until the class is over. Right. And so schools have this. Um, and this is what's going to happen in the future. Okay. But parents can do this very same thing. Like well, a simple rule that all parents can can do. And I always say, you can probably manage this rule until a kid's about a junior, 17 or 18. No cell phones go into the bedroom. Okay. Do you know how many parents allow kids to go to, to into the bedroom and go to sleep with their cell phone? Okay. You know, it disrupts kids sleep. It causes their mental health issues. You talk about motivation to work out or go ride a bike. How about being a chronic state of tiredness? Okay. Because you got a notification at 2 a.m. on your cell phone. You want to see what that was about. This is what kids' lives are today. So parents need to be parents toughen up okay and you know and and not be crazy about it be realistic about it you know um and that's one place to start right like no cell phones going to bed just like we used to say back in the day no no um tv no video no no video games in your bedroom you know or parents would do this they take the controller at night, you know, or they take the Wi-Fi, they take the, 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 the net internet cable. I'll give you a great example of this. Freaking love the guy, Glenn. Oh, I hope he listens to this. We were uh, hanging at Dylan's place when we were younger. I can't remember what age we were. I had to be like 13 or something like that. Maybe a little older, maybe 15. And uh, Glenn left for the day. And on his way, I said, if you boys don't clean this house, by the time I get back, there's going to be some problems. <laughs> and, uh, he comes back. We didn't clean the house. We were still playing video games. So he rips the console out of the wall. All right. He brings it outside and smashes it into a thousand pieces with a baseball bat right in front of all of us. Thousand pieces. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody, nobody takes a cell phone away. Nobody takes a PlayStation away. Nothing. People aren't disciplined anymore. Uh, for example, you know, I'm 28 years old. I live alone. Right. I don't have a TV in my house. And my cell phone is not in my room when I'm sleeping. It's outside. And when the alarm goes off, I have to get up and go outside to turn it off. Now, that's me. I'm a weirdo. But in general, having your kid's cell phone outside the bedroom is a good idea. But also being a little bit more disciplinary, I believe. And that's coming from me. You know, you weren't super disciplinary on us when we were growing up, slightly when we needed it. Um, I think that might be I think that might be warranted in today's world is 
listen, you, you got to have something, you know, parents really don't have anything. So you got to have something. And the thing is that you're setting kids up for failure. You know, um, you're setting kids up, you know, to, to you know, and, 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 and I always say, you know, failure is like a, like a, you know, pretty intense word. So a lot of times it's not failure. I use the word delay. You, you're setting your kids up for a delay that's going to affect them. So if they don't have, you know, some some decent real world coping skills, whether that be because of social media or drug use or whatever in their early 20s, that means that they have to kind of develop those. You don't develop, OK, life coping skills in a couple of months. OK, it takes a while. So if you've missed out or you were distracted during that developmental period from 13, you know, to 20, you know, then you have to make it up. OK, so what happens is that kids that get delayed. So then now you have a kid who's 28, you know, 30 and they're like, I'm not uh, I'm just about starting to figure out what I want to do now. You know, or I, I think I can deal with the anxiety of being on my own now, the unknown, you know, or uh, I guess that um, I guess I can deal with doing my laundry and, and buying my food and not having mom do it for me all the time now. You know, like so kids are on a delay, uh, you know, if their developmental period was disrupted, you know, by various means and it happens. Yeah, a few things there, actually. I'm, you're sparking a lot of things that I want to talk on, actually, myself, too. Um that that delay is is true, and I I think um, you know parents have to be more tough. And I remember you gave me an ultimatum. Okay, I to tell people everybody's like, oh, how'd you become a trainer? Like, how'd you become a trainer? I'm like, well, do you want to become a trainer? Actually, not not a hundred percent. Okay, you gave me an ultimatum. You were like, Sam, you don't have to go to college, but if you don't get a job, you know, we got a problem. So I googled. It was it was it was a little bit more than that, but you know, that's the basics. That's the essentials, right? So well, I I went yeah. in my room said you have to be doing something yeah you said get a job but so i went in my room and i wrote a line down a piece of paper on the left side i wrote things i'm good at on the right side i wrote um things that i like and on the left side it was I'm okay with people and on the right side it was i like working out that was one of the on the list so i literally googled at 17 years old how to make money working out the first thing to pop up was issa personal trainer and i haven't looked back since but it was that you didn't say like oh it's going to be okay. Take your time. It's okay. You, you said, dude, like you can't sit around and do nothing. And that, right. To this day, I want to, I want to clarify. Okay. Okay. What I remember what I told you, because you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, you know, you have to do something, right? So, you know, what I offered you at the time was, I said, we had a talk and you're like, dad, you know, I don't want to go to college. And I'm like, all right, well, let's look, let's look at what, you, you know, you can do at this point. All right. So, you know, you can, you can take a year off. Okay. And, and just work. Okay. And, and then decide to do something. You go to the military. Okay. You can do that. You know, um, I, I, wanted you, I wanted you to take your time. But one thing I said is that you just like Sam, while you're thinking about what you want to do, because I'm, I work with kids and I don't want anyone to rush and feel under pressure that I got to know what I want to do for the rest of my life right now. Like, that's crazy. I'm like, I want, I said, you just have to keep moving forward. Like you just can't sit around. So, you know, you got to, you got to do something. And so from that, you know, you took the initiative and you know, you, you, you wanted to work at something right away. 
you know, and you just didn't want to get, you already worked, you know, these, these jobs in the mall and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was was a workaholic, you know, I always have been my whole life. I worked, I worked crazy hours at that mall job in retail. And then I worked crazy before I was even personal trainer. I used to wake up, I used to open the YMCA at 4am in the morning. I don't know if you remember that. I used, oh, you to, you used to open the WOW at, at uh, early, too. In Jersey Strong, I used to open up at 4.30 in the morning. I did that for years, man. I did that for years. So that's in my DNA. But just in general, you gave me the push. You were like, dude, you got to be some, doing something. And, um, you know, one of one of uh, my close friends, you know him, obviously, as well, Jesse, uh, he worked with, you know, uh, students as well. And he, he defined this slow progress to life as a failure to launch, you know, where Kids are, like you said, staying home until they're 30, not really having a a career path, you know, not being able to support themselves. And now here's the thing coming from a 28 year old financially in the world today, it's a little harder. Okay, rent's higher than it's ever been. Food's higher than it's ever been. You know, if you have a kid and you're 28 and and you only have a job that's paying you fifty thousand dollars a year, it's hard. Okay, you have to be very smart with your money. But that's a different financial is a different topic in general. You know, people, parents are not pushing their kids. And I see this in my personal training practice. They baby their kids. Okay. Even if their kid was sore after workout, they're like, oh, he was really, really sore. You should be, should he be that sore? I'm like, when did we get so soft? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, parenting's not the easiest thing. And so, you know, parents want to be liked too. Okay. But, you know, I always knew that, you know, there was always a tendency to do more for my kids. There was always a tendency to, to, you know, intervene. You always have to fight that urge because you want to make, you know, it's your kids and you, and, and, and you want your kids to be comfortable, you know, but you know, when you're, you really know when you're, you're not doing the right thing. And, um, you know, I, but I always knew regardless of, of, uh, times that I had to set firm limits, um, you know, and if you, you know, or your sister got mad at me, I knew that, you know, I, I I just knew that it came along with the territory that you would get over it. And I knew that I knew that you would always love me. You know what I mean? I said, I knew that you would come around, you know, and, and understand that I had to do what I had to do at this time. And I had to deal at the moment because I was the adult of of knowing that my kids at the time did not like me. It's that's not a great feeling. Yeah. But you, 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 you have like, I have this thing about me and I'm like, I can't sleep at night if I think kids are running the house. Like I just can't do that. You know? So if I have to come, you know, I have to feel like the, you know, that, you know, there's an adult in the room, you know, and that young people, they're not sure what they're doing yet. They have to have some limits. And while they're living with me, I have to, I have to ensure that there's these, these, foundational limits okay that they have uh because i always said which i always thought was true i didn't require you know uh, i didn't you know i wasn't a real strict father in regards to grades and chores and stuff like that but the but the foundational stuff that i that was very important to me you know and uh, because i knew i knew that if i wasn't strong in those areas i'd be setting you and your sister up okay for problems later on you know, and, um, you just don't want that. So you have to, parents have to be able in the moment, take it on the chin. Cause I love that analogy. Okay. In the moment, take it on the chin and delay. Okay. The gratification 
delay gratification. So life is so much about delaying gratification in so many areas. Parents have to delay that gratification to when their kids come around. Like I couldn't imagine, I tell people all the time, I couldn't imagine having such a great relationship that I have with you and your sister as adults. Like I just, cause I never had it. It was just different. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have a uh, relationship with my parents that way. Cause it's just, it's different. It's generational. Like I couldn't tell my parents what was on my mind. Okay. Because that's just not what you did. And, and, you know, and, and, and um, they would get up, they would get upset with certain things, you know, certain beliefs I had or something like that. I, I know that you and Abby, you, you know, I'm not going to get upset. You can talk to me about anything. You know what I mean? Like we're all adults and I just love the relationship we have. But um, I know that you respect me, too. And I tell parents that, you know, you want your kid to respect you when they look back at your childhood, at their childhood and say, you know, you know how many kids that I, I have in my practice that say, you know what? You know, I'm kind of a mess here and I'm trying to pull it together. But you know, my, if my parents just didn't let me party all the time, like, I can't believe that they did that. I can't believe that they let me smoke pot in my room. And it really fucked me up. Like at the time, cool parent, this is awesome. But you know, and their kids are like, I'm really disappointed, man. I just, they just weren't parents. And then I tell parents, I'm like, this is what you risk that when your kid grows up and looks back and they go, mom, dad, you fucked me up. Like you thought you were being my friend and it was cool at the time. And yeah, it was great that you were the cool mom and the cool dad. But, you know, I don't have respect for for you now, you know, and that does happen. Listen, it's true. Actually, it's so funny. I had this conversation with a client recently. Um, it was their kids new in college and partying and he's expressing, you know, how he's partying and, and how, you know, effed up he is and all stuff. If I ever said that to you growing up, man, you would have been like, oh, you think that's cool? <laughs> you would have been like, oh, you you think that's cool? It ain't cool. It ain't cool. Um, but in general, also, I think what goes along with um, kids respecting their parents, because this is my experience, is, um, you know, don't just talk the talk, like walk the walk. Like you were you were walking the walk, man. Like, you know, you didn't drink for years like you didn't you went to work every freaking day you still prioritize your physical health like you walked the walk and it gave me an unconscious thing to always look up to when even when i didn't quote unquote love you like that you know what i mean um but it was always there in my head and i think that's super important because most parents nowadays do not do that most parents nowadays don't well i want to comment on something that you said you said that I, i didn't drink the fact of the matter is I did, but, but, but this is how I feel. And I think it's important when you sign on as a parent, you sign on, you know, and I told, I tell my friends this and um, I, I knew I said, there's one thing that my kids will never, ever see. Okay. They will never see me drunk. They will never see me drunk and staggering and stumbling and out of control. That is a sight that their eyes will never see. I will go to my grave and it, and they will say, I never saw my dad drunk. And it's true. And so I would never drink like that. As a matter of fact, you know, we're running out of time, but you don't remember this because I didn't get drunk. Okay. I needed you to know what it looked like. So I, I took you to a jet game when you were like seven and we were way up, you know, I got tickets from someone. And there was some dude up there that was so stinking drunk. People were moving away from him. He was screaming at the refs from the upper level. He was using homos, uh, homophobic slurs, cursing. And, you know, you were getting a little freak too. You know, and I, I'm not good in those situations. So I get very aggressive. 
So, you know, and this dude, he was so drunk. I mean, I, I could have freaking killed this guy. But he was far enough away from us that, it, it, you know, it wasn't going to affect us physically, right? So everyone was moving away from him. And you were shocked, you know, you were like, because everyone's looking at the dude. And I'm like, Sam, you see that guy over there? And you're like, yeah. I said, that guy's drunk. I said, he drank too much alcohol. I said, did you ever see, I said, uh, did you ever see daddy like that? And you said, no. And I said, do you see daddy drink some alcohol? Some, do you see me drink out, like beer sometimes? You said, yes. I said, that's right. You don't have to get like that if you drink alcohol. OK, so never get like that. And you will probably don't remember that, but it was just important for me to say that, you know, and I think that parents like I, I you know, um, I went with somebody one time, a girlfriend of mine that that, that um, uh, was a member of a beach club. So I've never really been in these beach clubs, you know, where people pay a decent amount of money every summer. And so I was shocked when I went in there and it's just a drink fest, you know, which is fine. But if your kids are there. There's people just just so drunk with these five, six, seven year olds like walking around. I'm like, these people are so freaking irresponsible. And we wonder why we have problems with kids. You yeah, know what I, mean? I train. I train so many men, man, you know, ages of ages everywhere, but specifically 45 and older. And they act like they're 16 years old, man. I'm I'm dumbfounded sometimes. And I love these guys, right? But just mentally, sometimes they act like they're 16 years old. Not all of them, but a handful of them. Um, and Joe, we got one minute and 30 seconds left. Yeah. Uh, when I said you didn't drink, I meant like you didn't excessively drink. That's what I was yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. And, but you, you would think that because I rarely did. Yes. Um, but in, in general, I do think it, it, kids can benefit from, from parents walking the walk, which you did. Um, we touched upon a lot. We only got a minute left. There was one thing that you said. I think I can cover it in the next 30 seconds before we do our little outro. Uh, you mentioned that kids are now coping with things and blocking things out with either drugs, social media, so on and so forth. Um, and I do think because of my experience as a trainer, the drug thing is is pretty important. And I would like to talk about that in another podcast. But to touch upon it real quick, you said they don't gain the skills necessary to handle yeah. life stressors. If you do too much. Okay. If you do hold too on, much. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's not just recreational drugs. Okay. No. It's it is prescribed drugs from a primary care or a psychiatrist to kids who are 12 to 16 years old for anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication that allow them to cope without learning the skills and it ruins them for life. And I well, see I'm not going to talk about antidepressants. I'm talking about mood altering drugs. OK, we can, mood altering drug. That's a little different. So we can talk about that in a different. Not I, I am talking about and even if kids do take that, they take it as prescribed. I'm talking about. We're going to talk about that on another podcast. We got 10 seconds. We got 10 I, seconds. I am talking about behaviors, okay, um, and, and drug use and, and things like that, where during a kid's critical developmental years where they don't develop the coping skills that are necessary, okay, to, uh, to effectively transition. Yo, fam, Coach Sam, we got cut off there. Our Zoom meeting ended. Um, me and Tom were getting a little bit passionate there about uh, mental health medications in younger kids and we'll we'll have a podcast talking about that in the future um, but i hope you guys got some value out of this we were jumping topics a little bit here and there but i think it tied together pretty well um, do me a favor if you guys have not left a review for this podcast or subscribe to it i don't even know if you can subscribe to a podcast but uh, maybe you can follow along for notifications follow along for notifications and leave a positive review if you got something positive out of this episode which i hope you did especially if you're a father you know of, of a 
a young man or a teenage man or even a man, young man, your young son in his 20s, you know, this is good information for you. Um, and if you could share this episode or any other episode with two friends, that'd be great. But like Coach Tom said in the beginning, I have, this is episode 43, I think. So there's 43 other long form episodes here that are all packed with value, man. Uh, so go ahead, give those a listen. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for the support. Can't stress it enough. What I'm doing here uh, really is just to help build stronger men in the world. And uh, I'm glad that you are a part of it. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email us at stronggentscoaching at gmail.com. And uh, that's it, guys. Remember, the two mottos here. First one, train your life to change your life because I truly believe we can train small aspects of our lives every single day to see a positive result in the future. And our second motto here is get strong and stay strong. Peace.